cover. The puppet show stage from the previous issue now shows our heroes in marionette form battling each other while stage fright orchestrates the show. In the background, you notice a shadowy figure with glasses holding strings attached to stage fright. The tagline reads, The long-awaited conclusion to our invasion story arc is here. But who's really pulling the strings? This is issue 6 of Paradigm Academy. The Grand Finale. Our first panel, we see Jonathan, we see Quinn, and we see the three bodyguards whose names I cannot remember for the life of me because it's been a month. And they are entering Corvotech. Jonathan turns to Quinn and says, So where are these servers we're supposed to take care of? Uh, Probably in the server room. That's probably a good guess. Do you know where that is? I don't. No, I don't. Nope. Very well. He walks in. He walks up to the desk, and there is uh, someone who is cowering behind the desk. The receptionist, front desk person at Corvotech. He reaches behind the desk and picks them up by the collar of their shirt and says, "Can you direct me to the server room?" The person just kind of points down a hallway <laughs> and sets them back down. Pats them on the head. Thank you. And then turns. The server room is this way. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 go. Flustered, stammering. You make your way to the server room, and uh, it's unprotected. The doors are open because people have been panicking and freaking out because aliens were invading just a moment ago. And you step inside, and Jonathan says. I'll make quick work of this. And snaps his fingers. And now just the servers, not the entire building, turn into salt. That's all we needed to do, right? Uh, that, yeah. That's what I was told. I think so. So we should, um, do you think we should regroup with everybody else? That sounds like an excellent idea. As you all turn to leave, there is a blinding flash of light. Quinn, you find yourself and the rest of the people who you are with inside of a strange steampunk-looking room. I don't know if I like this. And you hear a voice that says, Why don't we get to the main event? And there is... Now we see the same events that occurred at the end of the last issue, but from a different angle. And we see gas that begins to pour into the chamber where you all are located. And things start to get a little weird. So I would like to go around the table and learn everyone's deepest, darkest fear, please. Honestly, Michael's is disappointing his family. Uh, Specifically, his mom and dad. Uh, After his brother died, he is doing his best to live up to the legacy he left behind and does not feel like he is doing that in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so we have we have a POV from Michael's position, and we see in front of him uh, his parents sitting at, sitting at a kitchen table, and his mother is crying, and his dad 
looks up and looks at Michael and says, I can't believe you would do something like this. After everything that happened with your brother, you're such a disappointment. What, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. Your best is going to get you killed. You're going to end up in the ground just like your brother. How could you hurt your mother like this? I'd like you to take a powerful blow, please. Yeah, that, that tracks. Oh boy, that's a full hit. That's a 10. <laughs> okay. So yeah, pick a, pick one of those one of those big bad options or two from the seven to nine list. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with losing control of myself or my powers in a terrible way. Alright, tell me what that looks like. So, can you remind me real quick exactly what kind of situation we're in? You guys are inside of Stage Fright's fake ship. And so, where you guys are located is about a 30 by 30 heavy plexiglass box with Hamilton, Hamilton, CC, Charlie, Michael on one side. And Quinn... Jonathan, uh, can't remember the other three's names. Stormy something or other, or no, Snowy something and Donner and Blisson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think as that happens, Michael like takes his uh, chains in his hands and. Like, he's just got tears streaming down his face as he's just like, No, you're wrong. I'm going to be a hero. And he's just, like, lashing out at anything and everything with uh, his chains, with the electricity coursing through him. All right. So who is who is standing directly next to Michael? Probably Hamilton. Hamilton, what's your deepest, darkest fear? Not being uh, the leader that my father says I should be, as well as, uh, like, I'm, like mixed in with that, uh, my mom's life being sacrificed. In- uh, all right, so, yeah, you are standing there, and all of a sudden, standing next to you, you see your father just looming over you. And we see from the two different from the two different positions, uh, Michael has now taken on the appearance of your father with ju- his chains have become the flowing cape that your father wears as he's flailing around. And uh, your father says, "I don't know." Why I would even think to have a son. I can't die. I am all-powerful. Why would I need a successor? You serve no purpose, Hamilton. Your mother died for nothing. And I'd like you to take a powerful blow. Eight. Okay, so choose uh, choose one of the options from the seven to nine list. Uh, I'm gonna mark two conditions. 
I'm going to mark conditions. angry. And I'm going insecure. As that occurs, we see we see again from uh, from Michael's perspective, he's just lashing out, and actually his chains make contact with Hamilton's cheek as as like the fi- the final words are being said by his dad, and Hamilton goes flying, and he is just looking angry and uh, unhappy with himself. Who would like to go next? I can go. I, I mean, I have ideas, but go ahead. Um, well, as you and I have discussed about Cece's backstory is um, a lot of times she didn't stop in the ring when she should have stopped. And she never saw some of those kids afterwards. And her deepest, darkest fear is that she killed them. So why don't we get why don't we give names and faces to some of these kids that Cece probably killed? All right, so we got Manny Eileen. I'm going to give you three names total. One I can pronounce. Oh, there we go. Rishi Kumar. Uh, Xavier Germain. There you go. Okay, so we see the partially decomposed visages of Manny, Rishi, and Xavier walking toward... CC. They're all like in unison saying, Why didn't you stop? Why did you kill us, CC? And I'm going to take a powerful blow. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a miss. That's a four. Sorry. I rolled a four. I mean, that's good. That's good news. Mark potential and tell me how you weather the blow. Um, <clears throat> like Cece, um, like she starts seeing this, um, and it's like as you we get a panel from her perspective, um, like a pop up box appears almost on her vision that's just like illusion, 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 and she's like, oh, and then just like exhales. <laughs> Basically, the nanobots are like, hey, this isn't real. And she's like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> no, actually, I think I think that uh, I think it's not really it's not we, really we an illusion. It's not really an illusion. But I think what happens is you're right. You see you see like the HUD pop up uh, in your in your eye. And it says foreign bodies detected nanobots ah, acting to f- nanobots acting to flush. And uh, you feel you feel like. A, like a burning sensation from inside of your veins as the nanobots uh, destroy the toxin that has entered your body and the images of the dead test subjects dissipate and you re- and you realize what's going on now but before you can act we have to see how everyone else is feeling after this so who's next uh, I can go um so Charlie's uh, Charlie's uh, Diva's Darkest Fear is just powerlessness, um, both like in her powers not working, um, because without them, 
she doesn't really have anything. Um, but also just like being trapped and unable to to do something. Like either being physically contained or just not being able to fight against something that she wants to fight against. Whether that's like physically fighting or like fighting an injustice kind of thing. Okay, so I think what happens is we get we get a full like a full body image of Charlie as she's like thinking about moving somewhere, trying to figure out what's going on. And then we and then we cut to her legs and it looks like her legs are completely encased in like concrete blocks and her arms are chained like to her sides and there is a shackle around her neck and she's unable to move she's unable to do anything go ahead and take a powerful blow damn that's a seven all right choose one from the seven to nine list i Part of me wants to struggle past the pain. Part of me wants to just lash out. I think I'm going to lash out. Um, Can we, like, see everyone else? Or can I see anyone else? Or does it look like I'm alone now? No, you you can still see... In order for this to work, you have to be able to know who's there. So you can still... You can still see... Uh... You can see the people across the way from you, let's say that. So you can so you can see Quinn is there and she's not helping you. Okay. Um Yeah, so I think I'm going to um lash out verbally and um uh I'll focus it on um CC, I guess, and just be and just like just I don't know how to word it, but just basically be like Cece, what the fuck are you doing? Smash just this, all of this. So are you trying to provoke her, I assume? Yeah, I just want her um, to just smash it just wantonly. Okay, go ahead and roll to provoke. I have so many things I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) that's an 11 so if you do it add a team to the pool if not taking condition okay so you're yelling at cc to smash the part of you that to cc does not appear to be covered by anything correct or does it look like okay yeah i'm gonna take that condition (laughs) (laughs) okay Fair. I, I'm gonna like... go with guilty. <laughs> guilty feels very appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I want to help. But you don't know how to help your friends. But I can't do friends. what she's telling me to do because, <laughs> sorry, hon, I don't think you can handle me punching you in like the stomach or something. Um, but yes, so I am taking the guilty condition as like CC like starts to move towards you, um, Charlie. Like she wants to help, and then she just like kind of freezes because she doesn't know what to do because Cece's way of helping is punch things and she knows that punching you is not going to work here. <laughs> and yeah, Charlie's definitely just getting more upset. Like, the, the cinder blocks just fucking break them. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you just standing there? I want to hug you so bad. <laughs> Alright. 
So Quinn, what's your darkest fear? Being alone. All right. So we see we see the the chaos that's going on. We see Michael going crazy, flailing around with his electric chains, uh, just a, just attacking everyone at random, uh, as if he's been blinded by some by his fear. Uh, we see Hamilton, who is uh, just cowering uh, and shaking, with and seething with rage. Uh, we see. Cece, who is looking around, trying to figure out how to help everyone, but doesn't know how to. And we see Charlie, who is uh, anchored in place by invisible chains and shackles and cinder blocks. And then we cut to Quinn's point of view, and you are completely alone in a black, empty void. Guys? There's no answer. Not even from the the... The Jaguar God? Not even from the night sun. Only silence. Only the low hum of empty space. Uh well, I'm going to I'm gonna turn my hand into like fire so that I could like illuminate the space, because that would be my first reaction. You try to ignite the fire, but nothing. The light that that should be coming from your hand is immediately extinguished. And the darkness begins to creep in and it absorbs your hand and your hand disappears before you there. You can, you can't, you're beginning to not be able to see anything. And I need you to take a powerful blow. Oh, I don't like this. I got a six. <sighs> All right, tell me how tell me how you weather the blow and mark potential. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to use overcharge and basically just burn everything. Like I, I have it in my head so that it's like I try to do this so that it's like, oh, if I you if I do this, then my hand disappears. Let's see what happens if I can like just obliterate the darkness. And I have it in my head that it's actually that I just burn everything out of my system. So um, you channel the full capacity of your incredible powers to overcome an obstacle, reshape your environment, or extend your system, your senses. Spend two burn, which I went into this with three, and I think I spent one to kind of destroy the uh, robots. So I should still have two. So that I'm spending the two to get a plus 10 to unleash my powers. All right, so tell us what it looks like when you uh, basically burn burn away the darkness and in turn burn away this toxin that's affecting you? Uh, I become entirely like molten and just wreathed in fire as I like scream and they're just tears. They would be running down my face, but they're evaporating into steam and I'm just kind of like screaming and unleashing my powers and uh, yeah, like seriously, those people are fucked once I figure out what's going on. All right. So you uh so yeah, that ha- that happens and we see a just just an eruption of flames from Quinn's body as it almost envelops everyone around her, but she manages to pull away uh just in time 
as she realizes that the darkness has dissipated and now she sees the scene before before her. Uh, the rest of the of the folks on her side are not faring so well. Jonathan has completely collapsed on the floor and become catatonic. The rest of the uh, bodyguards are all currently in hand-to-hand combat with each other, uh, shouting obscenities at, at each other, and uh, they are not in a good way. But Quinn notices that Cece is... Uh, the only other one who doesn't seem to be uh, affected by the toxin. What do you do? I know exactly what to do. Uh, so there's going to be like this brief panel of me like running over to Jonathan and being like, oh God, this must be bad. And then I see that Cece is okay. And uh, the other people, the bad guys, are they still in the room? Yeah. Uh... Stage fright is is currently seated in his little steampunk throne that he has inside of this makeshift uh, spaceship, and Lady Limelight is just kind of standing over his right shoulder, and they're both watching the chaos that's ensuing. Cece, Quinn, catapult, and I'm just gonna charge at her. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, CC's ready. I, I'm not sure that there's a space to catapult you over, but I'm gonna try. Aim me at the bad guys. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this good, good old move. I'm, I'm gonna throw Quinn. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I guess that's gonna be an unleash your powers. For which one of us? For CC. Okay, we'll see how this goes. Eleven full hit. All right, so tell me what happens as you la- as you launch Quinn through the plexiglass. Um. So like, we've done this maneuver before. So as soon as like Quinn yells catapult, CC drops down to one knee and like forms like the bucket with her hands. Um, and, like, Quinn just, like, barely makes contact before Cece sends her shooting up. And then I think Quinn, like, gets, like, a line of fire out in front of her to just melt her way through the plexiglass and, like, tumble safely to the other side. If that's cool with you, Quinn. Oh, yeah. Once I'm on the other side, I am summoning just a horde of psychic jaguars. Uh, see, I was hoping you were going to turn into the jaguar form because catapult. Ah, uh. But then I, that doesn't work for a lot of reasons. Okay. None of which I can think about because I didn't think of that. So that's fair. Okay. So you break through the, you break through the plexiglass and uh, tumble, tumble to safety and begin to summon your psychic Jaguars and uh, stage fright says, no, this can't be happening. What, what do you think you're doing? You were supposed to be afraid. Everyone was supposed to to know my stage fright. Ah, uh, sweetie, I've been bullied since I was like seven. There's not really a lot that you can do to me that hasn't already been done. But there's a lot I can do to you, and I'm going to stick my cats on her. You send your psychic cats rushing toward, or jaguars rushing at stage fright, and Lady Limelight kind of steps uh, in front of stage fright and says. Not so fast, kitty cat. And she points a gauntleted hand at you and shoots you in the face and blinds you. Uh, I'd like you to mark afraid, please. 
What a bitch. Okay. Cece, what are you doing? Um, after like catapulting um Quinn, Cece, like we get a panel of like her taking one step forward towards the plexiglass and then stopping and turning towards Charlie and shaking her and being like, you have to snap out of this. This is Cece's way of comforting and supporting. It's supporting at least. <laughs> okay, roll that roll that comfort and support. <laughs> See how that goes. Um, I have influence over you, right, Charlie? I do. Okay, so that's a plus one to this. That is an eight. On a hit, they hear you. They mark potential clear condition or shift labels if they open up to you. So does that mean that, like, I don't... And thematically, I'm just... things around me anymore? Yeah. Yeah, that's really what thematically I'm, like, trying to snap her out of it. I don't know how you planned on this whole thing working. Yeah. So, so yeah, the... Uh... You're standing there, Charlie, and you're and you're freaking out because you can't get loose, and Cece isn't helping you. And Cece's like, Charlie, you have to snap out of it. And she and I think she I I imagine she like pulls pulls her strength back and just kind of smacks you on the cheek. Yep. Uh, and you're the adrenaline rush. I think is what is what flushes your system, and you begin to realize that what you're seeing isn't really there. Okay. So I think once Charlie realizes that the stuff isn't there, she's going to just kind of blush with embarrassment that like she fell for this trick and just be like, uh, sorry. Um, no time. We need to help Quinn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gestures towards where Quinn just got hit in the face. (laughs) Okay. Is there like a very obvious like hole in this plexiglass now that Yeah, it's a little high. I might have to get I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I imagine that it probably shattered enough that Okay. No t- no no CC giving everyone a lift team bonding. Okay. <laughs> Awkwardly climbing through the hole, falling down the other side right. and then CC's standing like, back up to help. <laughs> Do you want to hit everybody else out of this? Or do you want to go help? You want to go help? Okay. I guess Cece's going to hang out and, and be team comfort and support. Yeah. Let's, yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, Charlie, what do you do when you get to the other side of the plexiglass? Quinn is doubled over in pain, covering her eyes as she's just been blinded by a blast of green light from Lady Limelight. Um, <clears throat> do they, like, have they noticed that I've come through? Uh, they have. And in fact, okay. stage, stage Fright says, Oh, look, another player has come to join the show. Well, what are you up to, Illusion Girl? Um, I'm about to kick your ass. And then um, I want to take a note from Cece's uh, playbook, and I want to uh, try and charge in and punch him. Um... And what I want to do is I want to use my psychic weapons to, like, make, like, a gauntlet for my hand as I uh, go to punch him. All right. That sounds like a directly engage a threat. I need more danger. That's a five. Oof. Uh, yeah. So... You rush up to to punch him, and he 
as you as you reach him, it's like his body just completely dissipates and then reassembles itself in another part of the room. And uh, yeah, I'd like you to uh, to mark a condition because I'm gonna go with angry. You did, you did real bad at attacking him. Yeah, definitely angry. Also, because I already have insecure marked, so <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, so we got we cut back to Cece, who is uh, trying to awaken Hamilton from his nightmare. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm in such a hard spot right now because <laughs> on one hand, Cece's like help help everyone get out of this nightmare. On the other hand, Cece's like okay, both of them just like totally got hit slash messed up and somebody needs to go beat the shit out of these villains but i'm also afraid (laughs) um so yeah so so i guess hamilton's next (laughs) so sorry is like hamilton catatonic right now what's going on with hamilton yeah he's just kind of he's just kind of he's like crouched down and he's looking around with like fervent rage but he's also like recoiling and like it's a, he looks very conflicted cc like crouches down next to him and like puts her hands on both sides of his face and like turns him towards her and is like whatever you're seeing it's not real it's not there all right so he's my love and i have influence over him so i get a plus two to this that is a nine Okay, so Hamilton, the image of your father disappears, and in front of you, you see Cece holding holding both of your cheeks, looking into your eyes. Hamilton just sighs, a sigh of relief. (sighs) (sighs) Thank you. Then, yeah, he uh, quickly says, I'm going to try to stop this, and he's going to give her a kiss. And then he's going to quickly take all of the. Um... I, I'm sorry, we're not allowed to just breeze you, over this. You, you're not allowed scene. to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, then it gives her a kiss. And nothing else happens. The end. <laughs> he gives her a kiss and walks away. Cece, take a powerful blow. Uh, yeah, no, if that's what you're doing, that is going to be her reaction. I mean, yeah. they could just—they could just cuddle. Hey, yeah. Hamilton is gonna give Cece a kiss. But is he just quick kiss, walk away? Is that what's going on here? Uh, well, the kiss probably lingers for a few moments. Then okay, good, good he enough. will stuff uh, the last three remaining bugs that he has into his mouth and, and crunch on them. And, and start to transform into his uh, amalgamation of all of his creatures. Okay. Um, so yeah, we see that we see this tender moment as CC awakens Hamilton from his proverbial slumber nightmare. And uh, then Hamilton stuffs his face full of bugs and begins to transform. And we see the, the, uh, what, the form once referred to as Rampage Bug, now Amalgam Bug, uh, has taken shape, and this time Hamilton has control over it. He is... I'm going to 
before I leap at them, I'm going to yell at Michael, and I'm going to use the best of them. So I am going to uh, to try and comfort or support Michael before I go and fight, and say, Michael, you, you are that person that taught me how not to eat Hot Pockets with pudding. How can you be attacking us? And so then I roll with Freak instead. And obviously that is the best parts of, of Earth, is, is that. That's a seven. All right, so um, is th- this is happening as you're transforming? Uh, yes. Yes, so it's all kind of like garbled, weird, <laughs> as he's yelling it. <laughs> Okay, so um, through through the garbled, grinding sound of insectoid mouth parts, you hear you hear the the important parts of this rousing speech, and Michael, your vision begins to blur a little bit, and then uh, you begin to calm down as you see the scene before you now. What what's going on? Michael is just going to, like, frantically whip his head from side to side, trying to figure out what is going on around him. He is completely, like, not clueless, but he's caught completely off guard. Hamilton goes, Michael, attack with me! (laughs) Uh... And he points up at stage fright. Got it. Let's go. Just before they go, he hands his hand out to Cece for her to take it to join him. Uh, this is, um, uh, uh... This is all in character. On panel. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then Cece just, like, very, it's like one of those, like, really, really tight rush bubbles. I'll take care of the other one and rushes off towards Limelight. All right, so I think I think at this point you guys are entering uh, entering battle against a dangerous foe as a team. So who is the team leader? Hamilton. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue Hamilton. Oh, I would have said Cece because she got us out of the mess. So we've got two votes for Hamilton and a vote for Cece. I'll vote for Cece. Quinn, would you like to weigh in? Cece. It's either Cece or me. Okay, so Cece is the leader. Does the le- does Cece have influence over everyone on the team? No, I do not. Okay, so that's a missed missed team add to the pool. Who do you not have influence over, and why are they wrong? Um. Well, I don't have influence over Michael. Oh, for of course. Reasons. <laughs> Does everyone does everyone on the team trust the leader, and does the leader trust everyone on the team? Livewire, do you want to have a conversation about this? Michael doesn't distrust Cece. He doesn't like Cece, but he doesn't distrust her. That feeling is mutual. So, <laughs> trust, trust, and like are two different things. So, if you guys yeah. trust each other, we would trust each other. Okay, we add a team to the pool, so we're up to three three now? Okay, we're up to four. Does everyone on the team have the same goal? Stop this madness. Yeah, yeah. fine. 
Yeah. Make out with Hamilton's dad. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I uh, defeat the. It's Limelight and what's his face? I don't remember his name. I, I in my head I keep calling him. I keep calling him Mr. Spotlight, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, okay. Final one is: Is the team caught off guard? No, you're not. So you have four team in the pool. Who is going to attack first? Um, I don't want to attack, but I want to do a thing. Um, so after uh, I miss my punch and um, stage fright says whatever dumb thing he says because I hate him and dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at him and just say, okay, you know what? Two can play at that game. And I want to make illusions of all of my team and roll an are you watching closely? Uh, that's a nine. Um, so when you mislead, distract, or trick someone, roll plus superior. On a hit, they are fooled at least for a moment. On a seven to nine, choose two. Um, so I'm going to uh, choose that I get an opportunity. And um, uh, I'm going to say I expose a weakness or flaw. Okay. Uh, so you tell me what the opportunity is that you want that you want to open up. Well, I'm making illusions of everyone so that stage fright and limelight can't tell like who is the real person so they can't necessarily tell who is like what attack is going to actually hit them and what attack isn't and i will tell you that you realize that the stage fright that you are looking at is just a projection you notice that there's a projector in the ceiling that is creating him he's not real Okay. Um, so I want to uh, point that out to, I guess, just everyone um, that he's not real and just point up at the projector. All right. So uh, Charlie creates several illusory doubles of everyone and then points up to the ceiling and shouts out, he's not even fucking real. And because <laughs> uh, I think that's something that Charlie would say. Yeah, thanks for saying that, because I didn't say that, but I definitely should have, and it is what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then uh, we cut to... I have a move that I would like to trigger as I'm running into battle. Uh, I picked up Punch Everyone, which I believe is from the Bull playbook. Uh, whenever you charge into a fight without hedging your bets, you can shift your danger up and any other label down. If that tracks as qualifying here yeah that sounds about right if you're not if you're not taking into consideration any uh you know your own safety or the safety of anyone around you yeah okay so i'm going to move my danger up and my mundane down and i'm going like we know that stage fright isn't real is uh, Limelight in a position that I could, like, run up towards her and try to use my whips to try to, like, attack her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, I want to do that with Sparky by my side. Yep, uh, you charge off and Sparky uh, follows suit hot on your heels. 
And uh, go ahead and roll to directly engage. That is a seven. Okay, so uh, choose choose one. I think I'm going to create an opportunity for my allies. Like, Michael is not in a place where he's going to be very useful in a fight right now. But he can damn sure be a good distraction. I want to just basically, like, tie her up. Not literally, but, like, tie her up where she's focused on me so that the rest of the group can do whatever it is they want to go about doing. Okay. So as you as you do that, she she kind of looks down at you and smirks and says, What exactly do you think you're doing here? You're just a child, and not even a powered child at that. You should run along home to your mommy now before you get hurt. And she's going to attempt to shift your labels. Uh, She is going to shift your danger back down and your mundane back up. Yeah, I'm rejecting that. All right, go ahead and roll to reject. That's an eight. All right, tell me how you reject it. I think I am going to cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Michael's just going to look her dead in the eyes and with just this very, like, an uncharacteristically serious look says, You don't know a thing about me. I'm a hero. All right. So who's uh, who's up? Hamilton? Quinn? Um, I will. Uh, so while uh, Limelight and uh, Limelight and Michael, or sorry, Livewire are fighting, it's eventually gonna work, but I'm going to obliterate her mind with my uh, telepathy. I'm just gonna try to send her into a catatonic state. All right, go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. One of these days this will work. Ah, nine. Okay, so you can either mark a condition, or I will tell you how it's unstable or temporary. Does someone want to use the team? There's also that option. Or Hamilton uh, can use... Can I use it selfishly? Yeah, you can use team selfishly. You have to, you have to, I think you have to like do something that upsets a teammate though in order to do so. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but I think you have to do something that upsets a teammate in order to use team selfishly and up your freak. Uh, yeah, your actions have to be like throwing the team under the bus somehow. We could help. We could use team. There is... Fictionally speaking, no way for CC to help with this. I Quinn, I think you're the only one who can help. Like maybe, maybe Charlie. I'm a very physical hero. <laughs> I have a I have a question, a question for Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh do his powers like are his powers tied to his emotions? Like if he gets upset, will he get more powerful? Uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't usually get upset. However, he is extremely angry at the moment. 
so much so that he doesn't care if he kills Limelight. Ooh. So? I think that at this point, because she pissed me off too, she put us all through our, our deepest, darkest, like, things, our deepest, darkest fears. I'm going to walk up, uh, shift back into my normal form, and I'm going to boop her on the nose. And as I boop her, I'm going to take uh, some of her, her life force. And as I suck it out of her, I'm just going to be like, if you ever make us live through our darkest fears again, or if you ever help this guy again, it'll be the last thing you do. And then I'm going to go check on like everybody else. Cause I think that we literally left like a bunch of bodyguards and Hamilton's dad all fighting or catatonic. Okay. So you're, so you're using the team to make 10. Yeah. So Hamilton, what happens? Uh, her eyes will like whenever his mind uh just forces its way into hers it will cause her eyes to go white and she will just fall to the ground okay i'm going to i'm going to say that while you are inside of her mind we see flashes of her memories you see flashes of men in lab coats and a wall with a symbol painted on it. A coat of arms with a monolithic A. You see her shaking the hands of one of the gentlemen. And stage fright is there as well. Hamilton, just so you know, you would recognize that symbol from the back of Cece's neck. And then your as your vision clears and returns to you, we... we kind of do like a couple of slow panel shifts as it as the camera kind of pulls out from the center of the now white eyes of Lady Limelight and she is completely catatonic. She's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we get that stylistic thing that like comic artists do for like people who have masks to be able to tell that their eyes went wide. And, like, as this is going on, it's, like, as Quinn is walking up, like, Cece just starts slowly, like, stepping away from Hamilton. And, like, you can tell by the look on her face that she's she's not okay with this. Like, he's someone who knows her fears about having had somebody fuck with her mind. So to see someone she trusts fuck with somebody else's mind. Uh, Hamilton is now her rival. Um, and that's gonna make Charlie her love. Yay! I mean, this is a terrible reason, but yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, conversely, Charlie is stepping forward because she is also not okay with this. And when um, Limelight falls to the ground, Charlie's gonna be like, Hamilton, what the fuck did you do? Or I guess Insectivore, because we're like, hero mode, whatever. What the fuck did you do? And Cece has, like, stepped behind Charlie. <laughs> Hamilton doesn't doesn't say anything. Instead, he turns and heads towards his father. What? What's going on? And Hamilton is like is like breathing excessively hard. You can see that he is just shaking with fury right now. Well, you can get in line about like waking your dad up because I believe I called dibs. 
<laughs> Did you say that to Hamilton? Uh, if you like approach to do that, then maybe. Uh, as this is as this is all going on, the projection of stage fright says, "Oh, you broke my toy. That's no fair. Don't worry though, because the stakes are about to get raised, and uh, you all feel the ship that you are on beginning to pull apart as you all find yourselves now falling like." Like falling, like, falling, like, like falling, falling from from about twenty story from about twenty stories up. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm gonna grab Charlie. <laughs> so I feel like Charlie was going to try and grab Limelight, and then Cece just grabs Charlie. I just wanted to say that Hamilton has wings. Uh, can he start like spitting out his web to 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 catch as many people as he can with it? That sounds like an unleash your powers there, bud. Balls. Or is it a defend someone? Well, let's not do that. Let's not do that one. I can take arguments for either. Okay, well, he didn't like my option, so. I I am insecure. It's not good for me. It's not good for me anyway. Six. Is Is anyone trying to help Hamilton? Can I, like... I want to, like, deactivate the electricity on my chains and try to, like, fling them out to, I guess, pull people closer to me, sort of Spider-Man style. Is is that a feasible thing? Is this an attempt at helping Hamilton to kind of collect everyone in a web, or is this, or is this you doing your own thing? Okay. Yeah, I just want to try to, like, pull people closer so that he has an easier time getting more people. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. So uh, that brings it up to a seven. Uh, mark a condition, or I'll tell you how it's unstable or temporary. I'll, I'll mark a condition. All right. What condition are you marking? Uh, guilty. All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Okay, so as everyone is falling, you guys fall a couple of stories before you are all caught in a web that was spun by Hamilton uh, with the assistance of Michael trying to, using his chains to pull everyone closer together. And you watch as the ship that Stage Fright had created kind of goes careening and falls into Zenith Bay and disappears. Did Limelight also fall, and was she also caught in the web? Yes. Can Hamilton get us to the ground okay? Uh, you guys, I mean, you guys are, the the web is attached to, like, built to, to buildings that you can climb to if Hamilton doesn't feel comfortable, so other people don't feel comfortable being carried down by Hamilton. Uh, you can easily get to a building and climb down through the building. Oh, Cece's taken off. Yeah, um... Can I... Oh, fuck. I want to follow Cece, but I also want to help Limelight and make Hamilton accountable. Cece will not be offended if you do not take off with her. I can tell you that. Yeah, I can just no, tell you I'm going to stay with Limelight. Off. <laughs> I'm going to stay with Limelight, but I really don't want to be carried down by Hamilton because I'm uncomfortable with him right now. So I'm going to try and 
drag Limelight to a building and bring her down myself. I could summon my cats. Uh, yeah, if you could. And I've made them fly before. Like, let's try it. So, to be fair, Hamilton actually isn't helping anybody. He just caught him. He is now focused on his dad. You speak of having all of this power, father. Yet when the time really comes for you to fucking use it, you don't. How are you an emperor if you do this? You are weak! My son, what is wrong with you? Why did you let mom die and bring me into this world? It was a mistake on your part. Her life was meaningful. Mine's not. You are a useless emperor. Keep your fucking world. Hamilton, you don't know what you're saying. What you saw was an illusion. Do you want to know what I saw? Do you want to know my deepest fear? He, he, will, he will actually, like, as he's, if he hears that, he will stop and turn and listen. My deepest fear is a life without love. A life without you and your mother. I loved your mother, and your mother loved me. It was her choice to bring you into this world. She wanted something that was a part of both of us. She wanted us to leave our impact. So before you go and accuse me of being selfish, maybe you should look at yourself. So I'm going to kind of approach and I'm going to be like, like almost teary eyed. I'm going to be like, you're both selfish. You're both being so fucking selfish right now. Most of us don't even have families and you guys are bickering about who cares more about the other. Hammy, I've known you for a while. We're friends. We've been friends for a long time. You're one of my best friends. And you think you're not important? You think you don't matter? What the hell? Like, you're one of the most important people to all of us. And Mr. Mr. Quinn, I don't know if I should call you Mr. Quinn or Jonathan. Uh, whatever. The point is, your son really looks up to you. And all of us were so excited to meet you. And you're, you guys are just arguing with each other. And you're so fucking lucky to have each other. And it's like... You could do so much together. You could do so much like helping each other and you could do so much being there for each other because you both lost her. It's not like one of you lost her more than the other. But right now we have stuff to do. There's a city that needs saved. There are people that need help. I mean, there's a woman who's catatonic and I'm going to kind of like look at Charlie and I'm gonna be like, I'm guessing that's why you're here. Yeah, speaking of stuff to do, if one of you can undo whatever Hamilton did to her, could Hamilton just reverse, like, just fix the block that he made now that Quinn has calmed him down quite dramatically? I think once Quinn is finished, we see a panel of Jonathan kind of shrinking because he's he's still been like 14 feet tall this entire time. 
he kind of shrinks down to the size of a normal human being. And he looks at Hamilton and he says, your friend is wise. She speaks the truth. We shouldn't fight right now. There's also going to be this point where when he's just like, your friend is wise, Quinn walking away is going to be like, she's also single. And then just. (laughs) We should be focusing on what really matters right now. And he turns to the lifeless body of Lady Limelight and he says, do you think you can repair her? Maybe. I've. This is the first time I've ever used that. Or, well, successfully. He puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, We all make mistakes. Especially those with immense power. We can make the biggest mistakes. I wish my stake, mistakes didn't, uh, didn't push away the ones I loved. And then he's going to try to... Then he's going to remove the block on... Limelight's mind. Roll me and unleash your powers. Seven. I'll mark another condition. Damn right you will. And uh, that's hopeless. So we, we watch as Hamilton, with tears in his eyes now, at the realization of what he's done, reaches out and reaches into the mind of Lady Limelight. And we watch as her eyes slowly from that white, milky white uh, appearance, kind of the, the, that whiteness kind of fades and her, we see the color of her um, iris return. And her pupils dilate momentarily as the light enters her eyes and she... Well, that... Uh, that was certainly... Strange... Uh, I don't suppose you'll let me go. No. I'm already texting ephemeral. Hamilton is going to turn to uh, Jonathan and say, Father, will you take me home with you? What? No. No, you you can't go. You're part of crime club. Cookie Cookie club. club. Cookie club. Just for a few days. Can't you all just hang out here? Jonathan can stay here. We have that new secret lair that's now not a secret, but it's still secret to everybody else. And we can all just hang out there and we can get as many cookies as we want. I'm afraid I must return. I have responsibilities. Son, if this is really what you want, then you are always welcome home. But I think you have responsibilities here and you have people who you care about, who you need to talk to. A leader does not run from their responsibilities. A leader faces them head on. And he's attempting to shift your labels. He is going to attempt to shift your superior down and your mundane up. Okay, uh, I am going to have to try to reject that, because, I mean, my mundane's at a three. Three! 
Yeah, I think that I think that the I think that his words his words hit you hard, but not because uh not because you're really you're you're still kind of you're still kind of shaken up by the things that you've done. And uh I'm going to shift your danger up and your mundane down. I can dig that. Um, I also want to just, like, pull Hamilton aside. Um, it doesn't even really have to be, like, pulling him to the side. But either way, I want to talk to Hamilton for a second. Uh, he has transformed back into his, uh, well, no, not yet. He's not going to do that until everybody's down from this area. Okay, so then for... Just a little comedic effect. Uh, how tall is Hamilton in his multi-bug form? Probably about ten feet tallish. Cool. So little, like five foot one tall <laughs> Charlie is walking up to Hamilton and looks up in, at him and says, "I heard that comment about this the first time you did that successfully. Make it the fucking last time that you do that, because that was not okay." Does Charlie have influence over Hamilton? Yes, I do. I'll burn my influence to make him feel bad if you'd like. Otherwise, I could, I guess, try and shift his labels because I have influence. Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's shift his labels again. And it... I kind of want to do a reverse of the shift that you just gave him because I want him to not do things that hurt people. Um, so I want his danger to go down. Maybe not necessarily his mundane up, his danger down, superior up. Charlie is attempting to shift your labels. Are you going to take it or are you going to reject? Yeah, I'm going to take it. Hamilton doesn't feel good. Yeah. You're right. That's all I have to say. And then he will fly off. Is Limelight, like, is she just staying around? Is. What's her deal? Uh, I feel I feel like Charlie has had a hold of her this entire time. She's not trying to fight back. Uh, she's she realizes that she was basically like if if it wasn't for I mean, so she was she was brain she was brain blasted, but also you know if it wasn't for you guys she'd be smeared on the sidewalk because. She was apparently expendable to stage fright and whoever they were working for to begin with. So she is not going anywhere. Okay. I think we get a panel or a couple of panels. In the first one, Livewire is like looking after Insectivore where he flew off. And then he just sort of looks around at each of the group in turn and like it's very clear he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know, like, a lot of stuff. There is probably a very dark look on uh, Livewire's face right now. Like, he goes down to reach to pet Sparky, and there's a panel close up on his hand, and then he just, like, stops and sort of lets his hand fall to his side. This is going to make the next hangout really complicated. Is that all Quinn says? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I've already texted, like, Ephemeral, and I'm just like, 
we caught limelight, destroyed the servers. There's no alien invasion. Charlie is still there. Cece's gone. Yeah, I want to text Cece and um, just be like, hey, where'd you go? And see if she'll respond. So we cut to Cece, who is run- who has been running off, and we see the, like the the phone vibration sound, and we see a little text message bubble that pops up from Cece's pocket with the text message that Charlie sent. Is Cece stopping to read it? No. Okay, where are you going? Um, so when we get that panel of Cece, like there is a couple of rips in her costume. Like, hey, maybe she jumped from 10 stories. Um, and like after we get that text bubble, the panel shifts up to a like a gated entrance that she's going under that says St. Andrew Cemetery. And we get a f- panel of her running through the cemetery and then falling to her knees in front of one of the graves that the shot then shows Cecilia Lark and Cece just like resting her head and like having a straight up panic attack trying to catch her breath. So while Cece is there, we see a voice bubble from off panel that says, Well, there she is. I thought I'd find you here. And we cut to an over-the-shoulder from the front shot of the person who is uh, over Cece's shoulder as she's leaned against the headstone of the person who's behind you, and we see Gary Graves. It only took me a couple of calculations before I figured out just where I could find you. Um... As soon as Cece hears his voice, uh, like, her shoulders tense for, like, a moment just out of habit. But then she just, like, pushes herself up and grabs onto him in, like, a really desperate hug. He kind of recoils at the sudden show of affection, and he says, Yeah, I I miss you, too. Uh, are you okay? No, I haven't been in a while. I, I, how are you? Where have you been? Uh, mostly, mostly lying low. Uh, you know, the whole Project Ascend looking for me and stuff. Uh, so, do you want to get out of here and maybe get some tea or something? Anything but tea. Yeah, let's... Yeah. All right. And we see a panel of Gary and Cece walking off. With the rest of you now gathered down at the street level, uh, Jonathan, the all-welder, turns to you and says, I should return home. I have much to take care of. Please give my son my love and keep an eye on him for me, will you? He's troubled. He needs friends. Don't we all? No shit. He's he's a good guy. He's a really good he's a he's a good person. Things just don't really go well for him. 
but we'll look out for them. We always do. And you're welcome to visit whenever you want. I know a place you can stay. Like, no one will bother you there as long as you're cool with, like, cobwebs and ghosts. <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment, but I... I'm a being that can create and destroy anything that I want. I think I can create my own lodgings. Goodbye, friends of Hamilton. You have shown me true hospitality. Okay, this is one last desperate, like, attempt on Quinn's part. She's going to be like, yeah, you can, like, we'd love to see you. Uh, we'd love to see you again, uh, maybe sometime after my 18th birthday. Finger guns. As you, as you say that, the all-welder and his three bodyguards disappear into a portal, and the portal closes. We then see a scene of Gary and Cece in a diner, drinking milkshakes, and we cut to a panel of uh, a close-up of Gary's hand, and he's holding in it a cell phone. And there is uh, a message on it that says, Target Acquired. We then see a panel of Jonathan returning home to Calaxia. Standing before him, we see a kind of shadowy figure who steps into the light to reveal a very beautiful woman. A woman that some might recognize as Elise Quinn. She says, hello, darling. I'm home. Paradigm Academy is GM'd and edited by me, Thomas Fleming. I can be found on Twitter at DorksideVO. Cece was played by Landon Cornell. He can be found on Twitter at OccasionalGM. Charlie was played by Vanessa Haas. She can be found on Twitter at AlpacaMyBooks. Quinn was played by Weaver Randolph. She can be found on Twitter at uh underscore apocalypse. Hamilton was played by DJ Giles. He can be found on Twitter at Doc Duder. Michael was played by Andy Stade. He can be found on Twitter at AndyLion92. We can be found on Twitter at ParadigmPod1, where you can find a link to our Discord server. If you like what you heard, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash papod. Our theme music was created by Jeremy Borders. He can be found on Twitter, at TeyuFace. Masks, a new generation, was created by Brendan Conway and distributed by Magpie Games. No, you would break <laughs> me in a second. So let's not break you in non-fun Crazy. ways. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to be the one to say it because I've already had it. Like, I've made a reputation.